You ready, Chris? You ready, Ben? Let's get it. Man, let's get it, man. Welcome to the Follow Then Lead podcast. Today, we have our special guest, Stacy. Okay. I got you. Howdy, yeah. I, got you. I got you. I knew this was going to happen. I knew you knew this it. Was happen. I, it I was too. like, people be pausing. It's <laughs> Chuangem. When you look at it, it looks like 5,000 letters, but it's 11. And right, it's say, say your whole name one more time. Stacy Chuangem. Chuangem. Perfect. Okay. Two syllables. And where are you from? I'm from Cameroon. Cameroon? Yeah. And where is Cameroon? For those that might not know. Cameroon is right next to Nigeria. Okay. It is like in the armpit of, I call it the armpit of Africa. Yeah, like a little like, curve. Yep. Yeah. In a little curve. Right there. Smack dab in the middle. And that is West Africa. Yes, sir. And it's finest. Yes, sir. Did you know that land was called um, Judah? I do. Yeah. That's yeah. a throwback. Yeah. That's a throwback. That's a hidden gem people don't know. Listen, it's because it's Africa. A lot of people don't know a lot of things about yeah, Africa. Yeah, that whole land. It's phenomenal for a reason. It is. It's beautiful. It's gold itself. And all of those people that were there that were like, you know, mm. taken in the, on the boats Ugh, around the world. The history lessons. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, we just want to That's why the that. Israelites have a, have a, uh, you know. Yeah. Have something to say about the world. They do be having something to say about the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you're here. This is awesome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Podcasts are cool. And to have the opportunity to just be on a podcast is really awesome. Yeah. And for, for us to have you on is special because we're kind of moving in the same direction just in the work that we want to do. Yeah. And uh, can you talk about like a little bit of the work that you do? Ooh. And your mission, ministry, purpose. Ooh, the heavy question. Um, I work with young women ages 16 through 24. Um, I work with them. I mentor them. I support them through school, emotional support, getting a job, right? Like those type of logistics. But a good portion of what I do is to help them discover what's already there. Um, I was easily that kid who apparently had a bunch of different talents, but I didn't know it. I wasn't aware of what I could do. I was just told to go to school and get good grades and, you know, go to college, get that degree. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't know that I had, like, really good interpersonal skills. I didn't know that I was really good at connecting with people and and helping them. And so um, I really wanted to put myself in a place where I was able to give that platform for young women to figure out, like, you can do this too, whatever your natural giftedness is. Um, I tend to say that I'm that girl who was always late to her own party. Mm. Everybody else would notice before I did. And then when I did, they'd look at me like, we've been telling you this for a while now. Welcome. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, it was a weakness of mine, but I, I'm like, how can I turn this weakness into a positive? Um, now that I know, now that I'm finally arriving to my party, let me, you know, welcome others into their own as well. Mm. So that's where I'm at right now in my world, um, working on that part of my business. Um, is like really rewarding. It's hard work, but it's really rewarding. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. So, uh, before we get into more of that, mm -hmm. we'll save that for later. Mm -hmm. How are you doing today? I'm good. It was a slow day, but yeah. I'm grateful that I got up. I was, <laughs> I've been cold. So ever since October hit, you know, the morning's like 52 degrees yeah. and my body is not adjusting to that. Okay. So I'm convinced that it's cold all day. So I don't want to get out of my house. Yeah. And you work from home. <laughs> and I work part. from home. Okay. Um, but I had to go out today because I had a meeting with one of my mentees and then it was 61 degrees. And I'm like, oh, 
this isn't so bad. It I was can, a weird day. I can do this today. So that helped kind of propel the rest of my day um, into this evening. And um, yeah, so today's cool. That's Just good. relax, chill. Yeah, I understand the weather thing. Yeah. You know, being cold and kind of. For most of my life, I've always been a hot person. Mm -hmm. you know, just being a big, tall guy. <laughs> just, right. You know, generate heat, mm -hmm. you know. And even when, like, I go to bed in the wintertime, my windows are open because I'm hot. Wow. When I go to bed, like, I'm hot. <laughs> <laughs> I need it to be cooler in the room. Right. So I can feel comfortable. And now, so I shaved my head this past summer. Oh, that's so much fun. Yeah. I, well, I shaved it because I didn't. It's not that I wanted to shave it. It's okay. just I needed to. <laughs> it, was time to, it was time to let it go. I didn't want to be George Jefferson. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I shaved it, and it's been a good thing. It got a lot of love, you know. Mm -hmm. But I didn't realize how cold the world was not having my insulation. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I'm always wearing a beanie now because yeah, it's I'm, cold. Yeah, I'm with, I need to buy a beanie because yeah. I, I shaved my head a couple of times in the past, like, three months. Okay. And when the wind hits a specific direction... <sighs> It like yeah. mm, it hits you. You know yeah. what I mean. And you keeps your body temperature down. Yeah, it sure does. Yeah, you don't yeah. have a cap. Mm -mm, there's no cap, <laughs> and so I need to buy a cap <laughs> right. to keep me yep. cool, calm, and collected. I, I do this at my job. My cap is on all day. All day. I mean, because they have AC on in the building. They still have the AC on. It'd be cold. Yeah, <gasps> that's so. trifling. It's October. So in I have England. my cap on. I understand. I understand. Yeah. If they ask me, I'll be like. Just pull it up so they can see my bald head and they laugh, you know. <laughs> All right. So, you know, could you tell us a little bit about your, you know, life growing up, your childhood experience? Mm. Mm. Well, um, I am an immigrant. I love to say that because I've literally moved so many times before I was like eight. Um, I was born in Cameroon, mm -hmm. left there when I was six months, then moved to Canada, lived there until I was about seven and a half, and then I turned eight here. And so in a short amount of time, there was a lot of transition that I don't think I fully understood. I just knew I had to follow my parents because what else was I going to do? Um, and we moved to the U.S. And honestly, growing up, life felt really great. Um, whatever struggles my parents went through, I didn't feel it. They didn't allow me to feel it. I think subconsciously I may have captured it, but I didn't. Um, it wasn't something I was focused on. I just knew, you know, go to school, play outside, have fun, don't get in trouble. Mm. And so I was constantly into that mode. Um, that was just all I had to do. And then, you know, I had my siblings. You know, I have two little brothers. And so it was making sure that they were okay. And we have a significant age gap. So I was like mom number two at home. Mm. Um, but life felt good. It felt nice to just feel like a kid. I was really imaginative. I, I had a lot of like zeal for just wanting things to be good. Um, I really was that kid who enjoyed the fairy tale. I was the kid who enjoyed the happy ending because in my head it's like, it only makes sense. People have to be happy. You know what I mean? Um, and so like the darkness of real life things didn't hit me until I started my teens. Um, and it hit me really hard. And it, I didn't really know what to do with it because in my head again, I grew up believing in magic. Like, everything mm. was, was great for me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, despite the struggles that I subconsciously would witness my parents go through. And when I got into my teens, um, it was it was a shift. I went to a really small high school. Um, well, my elementary school and middle school was quite diverse. So it was like, I just was with everybody. Granted, I did go through a lot of bullying when I was a kid, too. 
and so if any if any of the darkness started was was there um because kids were mean like kids are mean now but kids were mean back then too and i was actually really insecure nobody knew that they thought i was just out here trying to know everybody but no i was just being mean and i always seemed to stand out um and so always people found a way to point that out in whatever ways they want to make fun of me for so I got to high school really small no longer diverse and again I was still standing out um, and it was awkward because now I'm like I really am just myself um, granted the bullying wasn't as severe as it was when I was younger mm. but you know I face a lot of different microaggressions as well from teachers whether they realize it or not whether they're making fun of my afro or not in class mm. or the fact that I'm from Africa and it's all fun in games until you realize you still remember that and you're almost 30 you know so um, high school was interesting I think high school is where I, I went through like my first huge bout of depression um, I didn't really know what it was. I just knew that that happy part of myself was getting overshadowed dramatically, and it was really difficult for me. Um, but that's also how I found Christ. So it was, it was this weird space of extreme struggle, but also beauty at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's it in a nutshell, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So you have two younger siblings two younger siblings and both your parents both my parents to this day till this day that's awesome what was that like with i know you mentioned that your parents did a good job with like basically insulating you mm. from you know their issues because mm. you know that's i guess what good parents should do mm. right um what is your relationship like with say like your father with your mother mm. well my parents um actually end up getting divorced in my late teens and so that was hard for That's me. part of that darkness. Yeah. Okay. That was hard because then I started seeing more, right? Um, so that was really, really difficult for me. And for a while, I was really angry. I was really angry um, because, one, I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't fully get the full scope from their perspective. Um, in my head, that didn't make sense. It just didn't compute, literally. Um, but through that, I had to learn how to heal, to forgive to not be so angry and so me and my parents are cool like mm. i'm with my mom she makes me laugh she's crazy she's great my dad's the coolest chillest guy i've ever met you know mm. what i mean so it's it's no longer the same relationship it was when i was a teenager but it's a healed relationship and it's yeah. always healing right because it's a it's a tough thing to go through yeah. yeah that's good yeah that you've been able to like heal you know evolve and like understand your parents as like people yeah yeah that's a big deal i don't think a lot of kids are raised understanding that their parents are people um i know for a long time i saw my parents as like like i put them on a pedestal i'm like they're my parents like this is they're great they don't make mistakes they do everything right and it's awesome um and then when i realized oh snap they're really human i was like whoa what is this and i had to learn to like my parents in their humanness right and love them in their humanness and that was that was also a struggle but yeah that's a battle yeah yeah, yeah it's rough i still battle that <laughs> it's like my my relationship with my mom and my father has like evolved mm -hmm. as i've gotten older obviously mm -hmm. but i've learned to like let go of the anger the issues or the frustrations i might have had with both of them you know for different reasons mm. um and to just accept them as who they are right you know and just let go of whatever i had as a kid mm -hmm. now that i understand life 
understand myself a little bit more in dating relationships like oh mm. start to shift that idea right. of what they should have shouldn't have done you know it's like you know okay I understand and now I can talk to them about life and my situations and then they start to kind of reveal more about them mm-hmm. with my situations mm-hmm. and it's like oh you know we get to have that relationship again right. you know as a you know parent to son mm. you know so for a long time it was like I was an adult right you know and we talked as like adults mm. so then now that I'm coming back and like kind of like hey <laughs> you know right allowing them to give advice mm. with you know helping that relationship to kind of grow and heal so yeah the adult like when we become adults and we meet our parents in our adulthood it's a different place mm. and it's like this is who i am this is who you are how are we going to strengthen or change our relationship and it, it has to work both ways. And I don't think they always know that. They always see it in their minds. It's I'm like, always your... Ex- yeah. <laughs> I've always been like this, but it's like... I'm your mom. Eggs. Do you know how many times I've right, heard that? You're right, but I'm grown. But I, oh, listen now, <laughs> preaching to the choir, okay? Like, I have a whole adult mind now. Yeah. <laughs> work with me, please. Um, it's a very interesting dynamic, but it's also when, when it's done with love and care and patience, it's so beautiful. Um, because there's so many different stages of life where you need that, yeah. you know. Yeah. What are some of the things that you learn from your parents? Mm. Like, good and bad, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the best things that my dad taught me was communication. I okay. remember I was that kid, and I get key the, to life. Key, listen, it's <laughs> literally so important, and you notice that in everything that you do. Um, when I was a kid, I had a tone I had a tone I was bossy and I got that from my mom I know I did and so she would get mad at me and in my head I'm like but I got it from you um (laughs) but my dad would tell me you know like if you spoke to me like that I wouldn't respond to you and so one day I said something to him in response to what he said he repeated to me in the same exact tone and it hurt Mm -hmm. I was like oh no is this what I sound like he's like yep this is exactly what I keep telling you. And so like it took, (laughs) it was a very harsh lesson, but it was a very loving lesson because I needed to hear it. You don't always know until someone else repeats it back to you. And so, you know, for years, and even till this day, I'm very aware of how my tone sounds. I still work on that because sometimes it comes out. I don't mean to, but you know, the way I want to give out the information is not necessarily the way it's received. And so I'm always working on that. So I really thank my dad for that. Um, And his organization, man, that man is organized. Like, my brain sees things, and it's able to, like, place it, like, instantaneously. Um, Specifically materials. It's really cool. Um, So I'm grateful for that. My mom, her tenacity, she never gives up. That Mm. woman will go to the T. She, like, literally, how many degrees does this woman have? She has maybe three or four degrees now. Like, always going, always striving, always pushing for the best, which is, like, amazing knowing where she came from to how she's had to move, to knowing to how she struggled to now that she's here, um, and to watch her always go as exhausted as she is. It blows my mind, honestly. Um, But I can say both of my parents in their movement, the negative impact that it had was the survival mindset. They were always going, 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 going. And so I think as a kid, I grew up not even realizing I was doing the same thing. And so I never learned to rest. I never learned to pause. And I think that's the negative part. And I've had to unlearn that for the past couple of years. It's hard. 
Yeah. It's really hard. But they didn't mean to. This is just what they were raised into. Mm-hmm. Right? And once you come here, it's like a rat race out here. Right. Specifically as American. Um, as an immigrant, excuse me. Um, it's like, I gotta get a house. I gotta build. I gotta, I gotta get a credit card. I gotta do this. But it's like, who's telling you to take it one day at a time? No, no one's telling you it's that. not the American way it's not it's not but it's so detrimental because yeah. so many people fall so quickly their health goes like that um, because they never slow down and they feel like they have this this invisible timeline that's what I call it where if they don't do it in a specific age or whatever they're gonna fall apart and it's like that's not what God wants for you like, that's not that's not it it's not so, even how like life works no. life works in time right flows mm-hmm. and if you don't know how to like you know get into the rhythm of life you know yeah. move with your purpose right but when things happen you have to shift and be okay with that you know absolutely and, yeah and know what the seven days you know that god created the earth listen he took one listen i was just talking to one of my friends about that just astounded at how cool god is I was like, he really could have made all this instantaneously. He didn't have to take the time that he did, but he took time and then he paused. So if God is pausing, I'm going to stop. Like I can stop. You know, I have a day too. And I'm going to take advantage of that because I really think there's healing and restoration in that. Um, There's like so much in it that's so beneficial to the next set of days that you get. Yeah. So... Outside of your parents, mm. do you have any other, like, you know, mentors or people that you kind of looked up to growing up mm. that you learned from or maybe still have relationships with now? Yeah. Um, one of them is my best friend. Uh, her name is Rose. She is a soul sent from God himself. Um, I met her when I was 10. She told me we'd be best friends, and I was like, no. <laughs> I refuse. She was taller than me, and I was scared, so I didn't know what to do. But she's been my rock through so many things like the darkest times of my life she's the reason why i accepted christ when i was like 16 years old um her faith is something that i always admired tremendously her her growth as a young woman as a woman of faith um her prayer her she's never i don't even know if she's ever doubted god in her life because she's never even allowed me to see it She's always pushed. She's always hung on. And that always inspired me to continue to push forward, too. Um, like, it transformed how I saw God in my life because she was one of the few kids that accepted me where I was, no matter where I was in my life. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, I was like, that's what God's talking about when he says love. That's how you love your neighbor. That's how you take care of them. Even if they're doing wrong, you talk to them through that, but you're there for them, you know? So she's definitely one of the biggest people, little does she know, that, like, has held me down, to be yeah. quite honest. Um, so her, I have, um, when I started going to church, I there were a group of women, we started singing together. And um, there's five of us, each of us very distinctive personalities, very strong, um, strong willed, strong faith. Um, and they've definitely supported me tremendously. I look up to them because um, 
you know, their mothers, wives, fiancés now. And they literally have talked to me like a little sister, but in the best loving, caring, supporting kind of way. And it's been really awesome because they were the women that I would see at church and be scared to talk to. Because, I mean, like in my head, I felt like I was still in high school. I was like, I don't know, like maybe they're going to think I'm weird. Like I'm so used to this narrative of my old life the voices yes easily and so when i realized that god literally brought us together with our voices and through that we built stronger relationships and they have definitely been people i go to when i need advice about certain things or you know when i just need some community like when we're together our community is like jesus is in there it's Mm -hmm. amazing how he does that so um, they've definitely been influential. My parents, um, I have a couple other friends who I think God used to teach me how to slow down and how to enjoy the small things of life. Um, and I'm really grateful for that. And all these people, the one thing they have in common is they accepted me where I was because I grew up where kids never accepted me. And so to have people who saw me and just chose was everything for me. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. What are some of the things that you learned from them? Mm. Mm. I learned stand up for myself. I definitely did. Um, It's so funny. Like growing up at church, I started going to church like faithfully when I was like 18. And so I, you know, I was always seen as like a kid because my dad went to church with me, whatever may have you. And there was a point in time where I was growing up to be an adult and I didn't, my brain didn't switch over to like adulthood. And I was still not acting like a kid, but very much like, receiving other adults like I was a kid and then when I realized that I didn't have to do that and I could still be polite and you know firm and whatever may have you towards other adults I was like oh and that's what they taught me I have the right to have my opinion about something be respectful and also keep my boundaries right um that's one of the biggest things I was taught I was taught to um to calm down because I'm always going I'm say, what do you mean by calm down? Yeah, no, I'm always going. Okay. I literally am that woman who was running 5,000 miles an hour, doing a bunch of different things because I want to accomplish so many stuff, right? Um, Your but mom. It, literally, <laughs> my mom. Yeah. Um, but I would have these women pull me aside and be like, hey, you're tired. That's why you're sick. <laughs> like your body's stopping you because you haven't stopped. Um, and that's been one of the biggest gifts I've ever received. People telling me it's okay to slow down. You actually need it or you're not going to make it to the next thing. You don't have to pile on all this stuff because they're not your identity. Christ is. Um, And that truly started shifting my perspective on how I viewed my accomplishments, quote unquote. Um, Yeah, life changing. Yeah, that is a hard shift, especially for us in our society, Mm -hmm. that the things we do, the things we achieve are our value. Mm -hmm. Because if it, it is our value, we're going to keep chasing it no matter what. Exactly. Right? And then it's like, oh, look what I've done. Mm-hmm. Look at all that I have. Look mm-hmm. at, you know, it's just never ending. That's the rat race, right? It's so painful. Mentally, it is. I, I, I know people who go one degree after the next, after the next. Mind you, they're racking up debt. And I'm looking at them like, when are you going to pay this off? Um, <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, but I have this and I do that. And I'm like, that's great. And I'm proud of you. Like, you really made it through that. But are you actually content like God had to teach me a hard lesson on being content and and just accepting the day that he's given me and the beauty in that and that's where I'm supposed to be and that's okay 
and it was hard for me because in my head I'm like that's not enough I need to do more yeah. but I was finding myself again running and that's the world exactly you know this never ending you know satisfaction I mm. need more mm. I always need more mm -hmm. this is good but I need better mm. and, and then we find ourselves doing that in our relationships too right? mm. like oh yeah I love this but mm. you're looking over there down the street <laughs> right. Listen. Oh, look what they have. Mm -hmm. Well, they're more attractive, or mm. they're more. They have more money, or you know. Listen. They dress better. That's hmm. when you think about. That just makes you think of social media in a heartbeat. That's yeah, literally yeah. what it is. Mm -hmm. It's this. You look at everything. It looks real clean and cute and cut and perfect, whatever. And people are like, oh yeah, this is what we have to do next. This is what we have to do next. But it's like no one knows who's behind that. Like, no one knows people's deepest, darkest days. No one knows how much work it took them to probably take that one picture when they're probably not happy mm -hmm. with themselves. Mm -hmm. um, it's so dangerous. It's such a dangerous path. It's very numbing. Very, very numbing. Yeah. 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 With, with, that's another conversation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. So I have a question. Yes. You keep bringing this up. So you talk about, you know, Christ and... You know, mm -hmm. your relationship with God and starting going to church at what, 18. Mm -hmm. So can you talk about like your faith, you know, mm. your relationship with God, you know, how that kind of came about mm. where you are now, mm. you know, in the influences that took, helped you kind of make those decisions. Mm. Man. Well, <laughs> I remember I was 16. Um, I accepted Christ on a, one, the darkest day of my life the darkest day of my life. I had to call my best friend and tell her what happened. And she's like, get your Bible. And in my head, I was like, I have nothing to lose at this point. I literally don't want to live. So what else do I have? Mm -hmm. And she like started telling me to go to all these verses. And I just started saying them out loud, like screaming at the top of my lungs. Mind you, I was by myself in my house at the time, so no one knows what's going on. And... She, she's like, get on your knees. We're going to pray. And she's like, do you accept a Christ? Do you accept Christ? And literally, like, when they talk about the faith of a mustard seed, that's all I had. I didn't have anything in me. I was depressed for months. It was too dark. Couldn't talk to anybody. Had no one to talk to besides my best friend. And she's a kid my age, so it's like there's not as much. But God used her to just tell me, just do it. I'm going to show you that I'm here for you and I see you. And... It's not like it changed my heart instantaneously. It wasn't some magical shift, but it was the realization that I could call out to Christ and he would hear me. And so my depression, I think it lasted maybe a year. It took time to heal from that. But from then on, I just kept chasing after God. Um, I had believed in Christ when I was a kid. My dad prayed with me, whatever may have you. But that true acceptance was when I was 16 in that dark place. And I literally, I can't even, I just kept chasing. I was like, I know that you are real. I know and I want to know you. And I want to understand. Because this love thing that you are looks real good to me. It looks real promising to me. And so... That's how it grew. I just kept going. I don't even know how else to describe that. I just kept going because I kept seeing how dark things were. That childhood likeness in me where I believed in fairies and magic and all that was disappearing because I realized that's not it. That's just all TV, right? And I was like, God has to be real because it has to be good in this world somewhere, somehow. So high school, praying a lot, reading my word, 
praying with my best friend. Um, by senior year, it was I think the summer of senior year when I started going to church with my dad um, at the SDA church in Braintree. The what? SDA church in okay. Braintree. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Seventh Day Adventist. Seventh Day. Yes. Sorry. For yes. Those that don't know. <laughs> Seventh yeah. Day Adventist Church in Braintree. Yes. I started going there, and I didn't even start going with anything in mind. My dad was like, "If you want to come, you can come." I was like, "Cool, okay." And the way I started was going to a Bible study, actually. At, um, and it wasn't, that's the thing, it wasn't even introduced to me as a Bible study. It was like, you should just go to X, Y, and Z's house and hang out with them. And I had seen them in church before, my friends Jovia and Chris, awesome people. Oh, wow. Yeah, really? yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. They, the Lord used them in magnificent ways in my yeah. life. And I went to their house and I was honestly shocked. It's just a bunch of black people hanging out, talking about Jesus, like he's the dude next door and that's the best friend, you know? Yeah. And I, I'd never heard about Christ like that before. I didn't know Christ was that real like that. And so that's what kept me wanting to go. I was like, you are real. I'm not dreaming this. Like, this is not some random feeling I have. This is a very honest thing in my life. And so I kept going. I kept going to their house. I kept hanging out, kept meeting more people, going to church. Um, And I kept growing in my faith in that. And time and time again, college comes around. You know, college is a whole whirlwind of a world, right? I went to UMass Amherst, huge school. <laughs> As everybody knows, the party school, yeah, 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 yeah. But it was it was harder not because of the partying, because I didn't care much for that. It was hard because it was a big world. I'd never gone to such a big school before. I was by myself per, for the most part. I did a major, had two minors. I wanted to do more, um, and I got caught up. I really got caught up. I made some really dumb decisions. Also, my parents were getting divorced. So there was so much happening at such a short amount of time where I didn't know what to do. So even when I was falling apart, I was calling God. Even when I was crying in my room, I was calling God. Every time, and God is so good because he heard every prayer. Even the prayers I couldn't pray, he'd hear me. And I and I would see that because, you know, I'd look back six months, a year later, and I'm like, wow, you really did that. Like, you really got me time and time again the things I struggled with wow you really got me and it's it always fascinated me how God read our like interpreted our inner prayers the things we don't have the words for he knows and so whenever I was praying even if I didn't have enough words he was already praying for me and and knowing that and seeing that and there were a few people at school actually who were Christ followers as well and they would pray for me too and that was cool um and so my journey kept growing because I really did not stop because I knew I couldn't. Um, even by senior year of college, I did the rat race and I was sick all year. The whole year, my body gave out. It was done. It was like, you did too much and now we're tired. Yeah. And it was only through Christ that I graduated. I almost didn't have any money to finish my, senior, my spring semester. And God gave me like grants to make it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. literally dropping all these little things to keep me and sustain me and I was like oh my goodness he sees me so you know I graduated college I actually got baptized back in 2018 I made the decision okay yeah yeah Yeah. a couple years ago it's it's still recent it took a while for me to get there because I wanted to make sure I understood what I was doing I didn't want to just do it to do it I want to know I'm doing this because my whole life God has shown me who he is shown me how much he loved me it's time. It was just it was just so perfect. And I remember I was um, doing a study with my pastor at the time, and he said something about how Christ, it was something along the lines of Christ knows us so well that we don't even realize we want to hear him. And something clicked, and literally I was in tears. 
I was like, the Holy Spirit's with me right now. There was peace that I could not understand. And I and I literally was like, yo, I'm, I'm covered and I'm okay. Um, so that's been my journey. Fast forward to today, God again, just continually showing me how close he is to me. Um, and again, for a kid who really struggled feeling accepted and wanted to know that the mighty creator wants her. How does he do that for you? Mm. <laughs> so I got COVID. Cause I know like we, we as people mm. talk, especially when it comes to God, like, right. he speaks to me or he mm. shows me. And, mm. and then like for someone that might not understand that to like, what do you mean? What, how does he show you? Mm. You know what I mean? He's not like your father walking in front of you. Look at this piece of paper. (laughs) So how does he do that for you? True. Um, I'll tell you. Last year, I got COVID. I was out. And I remember staying in my bed and being upset that I couldn't work, being upset that I couldn't move and do the things that I normally do. And literally was impressed upon my heart to slow down, Like, like stop, day in and day out. And I'd be like, okay, God, I don't know. Because I couldn't talk to anybody like that. Like, I, I barely saw anyone. So I would pray and loud. Like, it was so loud in my head. Slow down. Just take it today. And that's how I was able to start even working on my business again. It was just slow down. And every, <laughs> it's so wild. Every day when I do, like, a devotional, it's about slowing down. Every oh, yeah. single devotional I've done has been taking it one day at a time. It's been about relying on him, relying on his strength relying on the fact that he has me for the day present. Um, I had a situation that happened back in May where I had to help a friend out. That whole week, literally, God was telling me to just pray to be available for her every single day. And every time I would call her, it was exactly what she needed. Every time I would show up at her front door, it was the exact time she needed me to do. And it was honestly kind of wild. We both looked around like, okay, God, we see you. And I realize now that the reason why God was telling me to slow down before was to prepare me for that, for that week, for that week specifically, because I wasn't doing this for myself. I literally was so, mind you, I was working. I had a job. Mm -hmm. I would call them and tell them I have a family emergency. I can't make it because I realized God was calling me for that whole week for her in every single way possible. But the rest that like, overcame our souls was crazy as busy as we had to get things done for whatever she needed there were moments where we would pray and everything would be smoothed out every time and so it was incredible to see to not only feel it spiritually but also physically right when you're moving so much but to feel that like kind of like when you get a blanket on because you're too tired and you just rest yeah that's what we kept feeling and it was wild specifically for two women who are always running around um, and so I think one of the biggest ways, I don't even know if I answered your question properly yet, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really through prayer, um, meditation with Christ. A lot of times devotions, if I'm reading a specific verse, it's just all lined up. It's, it's, it lines up so well. I can't make it up. Um, it always falls in the theme of slow down, take it today. Stop focusing about tomorrow or what happened yesterday. I literally only gave you these 24 hours, so that's all I need you to look at. Um, yeah, he's been loud. And so your, you know, your evolution and your relationship with God, being from 18 to where you are now, all these different life experiences. Um, and so with all of that, like what, what is faith 
to you? Mm. Like, what does faith mean? Faith. What does it look like? It is literally me believing in something I cannot see, but trusting that God is just real and good and present in my life. There are many things that I can't see. I, again, the reason why I was always running the rat race was because I want to control things. I naturally like to fix. And when I realized that I really couldn't fix and only God could do that, I was like, oh. And when I started seeing my, my prayers of faith come into fruition and being answered, it increased my faith even more. So faith is, is knowing that I might not see the result right now. It'll come exactly when it needs to. Um, faith is, is putting my whole heart in Christ's hands and knowing that he has it. It's not even a feeling anymore. It's just knowing. Because sometimes my feelings aren't great. Sometimes I don't feel like doing anything. Sometimes I feel pretty alone. But I have to remind myself, who made me? Who knows how much hair I have on my head? You know, whose thoughts are not, the thoughts he has towards me are greater in number than sand. Like, that's crazy to me. But it's like, he's shown me that before. He'll show it to me again. So faith is more than a feeling. It's literally placing my whole self into the creator and then leaving it there and waiting for him to do what he does best. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. Okay. And so <laughs> I want to circle back to your father. Mm. Right. And so you talked about some of the things that you learned from him. Mm. Um, how has your relationship with your father benefited your relationships with men? Oh, gosh, that's a question. Um, benefited or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. I hear you. Um, so my father's a very chill man. He, when you meet him, granted, when everybody sees him for the first time, they're scared because he just looks like he's, like, interrogating you. Um, but he's such a sweetheart. He's such a sensitive man. I learned more about his sensitivity as I got older. Um, he's very caring, puts his heart in everything. Um, I think I get a lot of that from him as well. Um, when I was a kid, I was daddy's little girl. Like, I would go to him before I went to my mom because my mom would be yelling at me. So it was easy to go to my dad. But as I got older, I felt like he didn't understand me as much. But that's also because I'm a teenager. And, you know, it's a different thing to break at that point. Yeah, teenage girl. Yeah, exactly. That has crossed over. Exactly. <laughs> that's all was, I like to say. They cross over. It's a crossover. It's another person. And he became very protective. And I was like, what is going on around here? But I know looking back now. I get it, right? Um, but also there are parts that weren't always the healthiest. I think, you know, as timid and as cool and as chill as my dad is, there might be more parts that need a little bit more push. So that's the side of my mom that I have. That's why I'm going as fast as I do. My dad's meticulous but slow. Sometimes I can't stand that. Um, and so I don't always see things the way he does. Um, I'm better now because I've learned to work with that. But it will get on my nerves because I'm like, Dad, like, we got to go. Like, what are we doing? He's like, stop. I've already planned it out for like 10 years. I'm like, what are you talking about? Mm. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, so I struggled with that for a while because my person wanted to do more now. And it may not have always worked well for me, but <laughs> it was like, let's just get it done. I think when, you know, my parents were divorced, I highly disliked my dad. I was angry. I think both of my parents, to be quite frank, um, I'm, I was really, it was really hard. It was really, really hard because I was 18. It's not like I'm 10, 
I'm 18 and I'm aware and that's hard right um so I was really upset and I ran two relationships because I no longer trusted my home and that was hard for me to even recognize I only recognized this maybe after college to be honest like the decisions I would make with men was based off of my heart it was based off of my desire to feel like I could be home um, because I didn't feel like I was at home. Home no longer felt like home because home was broken in my head. And so I would be in relationships, give my absolute all with no boundary, which is so dangerous at that age, right? Um, no boundary because I was convinced if I do this, they'll stay. If I do this, they'll love me too. So extremely dangerous because now I'm just giving someone open window to do whatever they wanted. And they have their own baggage and trauma, too, that they don't know they haven't addressed. And now that's coming in, too. And so I and it's so crazy because I know my parents really tried to protect me and do the best that they could. And I know they still do with the best that they have. So I'm not even upset with them looking back now. Right. But back then, I'm like, I don't trust you. You're trying to protect me from what? Look what you guys did. That was really my mindset. And it's it's hard to say that today because that sucks. Like, you never want to think about that. But that's really the reality that I was in at that time of my life. Um, and so my relationship with guys was hard. It was really hard because I was looking for things. Yeah. Um, but then again, good God is good because he was constantly reminding me and he was being patient with me. It's not in them, it's in me. It's not in them, it's in me. And so it's it was years of me realizing my validation is not because they think I'm cute. It's not because they think I'm smart. It's it's none of it's not them. <laughs> it's literally just me, Christ, right? Um and it took a while for me to get out of that. Yeah. And your relationship with him is good now, like you yeah, said. Yeah, that's my dad. Right. That's my pops. I go visit him. He's chilling, always feeding me. It's great. <laughs> so with all of that, what what is manhood? Mm. And what Yeah, so just what what is manhood, you know? And with mm. your understanding of you know, the word, God, your father, men, mm. society, all that. Manhood. When I think of manhood, I really think of like like a, a fortress, like something that really holds. It doesn't always have all the pieces together, but it holds. Um, it holds well. I, I'm going to think talk about my little brother real quick. He is 21 now. He is the coolest young man I've ever met in my life. I'm like his biggest fan. Um, he has had to grow up very quickly, right? He was at a pretty interesting age range when my parents got divorced, and he had to see that too. And inter he ter internalized a lot of things and had to learn to grow past a lot of things and heal through a lot of things. And I see him push. I see him talk about legacy. I see him talk about wanting to be better for our family. This desire to, like, carry everything, Granted, there's unhealthiness in that as mm, well, yeah, for sure. I was gonna talk about yeah, that. <laughs> it's it's unhealthy for sure. It's not your, your bag, yes or no? It's definitely not. Not your bag. No, no, it's not. Um, but I also see him pushing every day to be better, and I think manhood is this constant desire to follow Christ in wherever you're called to follow Christ. Men look different in whatever range of the world you are in, but I think a, a core to that is this fortress of love that you know you can go to right when I used to think about my dad as a kid I knew that when I when I stepped into his arms he held me wherever I was he held me when I have really good guy friends they hold me they don't question too much but they hold me there um they're willing to admit when they mess up 
they're willing to apologize they're willing to you know admit that they're having a really rough day and they need some company they need a friend they need to talk to they need to pray with it's it's a vulnerability to it as well it's not this stone wall that you can just stand on but it's it's a human being who has a lot of responsibilities but also has a lot of love and sensitivity worth looking at and investing into um and i and i've been fortunate enough to have sprinkles of men in my life that I've seen that through you know with my friends who are married they you know I've seen them may not definitely not in their hardest days right but I've seen them go through some stuff and them being honest that honesty and that vulnerability is everything to me because again in our world men are supposed to hold everything that's not that's not real like men very much need to be held very much need to be listened to um, very much need that space and when they accept that they grow even stronger little do they know mm-hmm. um, and and then dependency on Christ psh, it's out the water now like you once you got that dependency on Christ it's like okay God how are you gonna work in me to build that courage that boldness that strength that vulnerability that openness right um, yeah yeah that's awesome thank you I, I think about what you just said about you know when men learn to depend on Christ, um, I look at it as I'm understanding myself a little bit more and kind of like things that I've heard lately. But it's a basically the issue with the armor, mm. you know, like as a man, like you said about having to carry all this and, you know, we have to present to the world like we're tough and we got it all together and, you know, strong and, that's our armor mm. that's we have to keep the armor on all the time mm. but when you come to christ 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 says let down your armor and take up on mine mm-hmm. right the you know and that allows you then to be vulnerable loving caring you know what i mean mm-hmm. peaceful because you let go of that armor that need, says you need to be guarded and tough and right. strong appear Mm. that way anyway you know Mm -hmm. but that's where the real strength is over there Mm -hmm. i've let down this you know armor that i thought was good when i take up on his armor it actually is a place of strength Mm. where i can walk in that freedom to be vulnerable to love others no matter what and to care for people to take care of my community like that's where real strength is right in the manhood Mm mm-hmm Cause you're walking in the strength of the Lord mm. to empower you to be, you know, who you need to be, not that armor that you've society said this, you know, it's more, that's more of like a prison. Right. Yeah. 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 Mm, I like that you said prison. It definitely is whether people realize it or not. Um, it makes you feel like you always have to keep going at a hundred and it doesn't tell you that you can stop when you don't feel like that. Um, doesn't tell you you can feel exactly. Oh, it really breaks my heart. I think of the young boys that I would see when I was in school who would quote unquote act out. Looking back now, they were really hurting. Mm -hmm. Like these boys were struggling, like deeply struggling. And I see them now and they are realizing and they're like, and mind you, we're all almost 30. So it's it's like it's harder as you get to become an adult to realize, oh, snap, I'm still hurting from things when I was 10 and no one talked to me about it no one was available for me or they just didn't even know and now I have to deal with it but the strength in recognizing that and then choosing to heal from that too yeah yeah 
I do this thing where when I meet people, I, I picture them as kids. Mm. Yeah, I try to picture you. Like, what type of person were you when you were a kid? Because mm. that helps me to try and understand you now. Mm. Because all of us are who we were when we were kids. We're just more, more evolved. Right, right. If we haven't, like, grown and healed, you know what I mean? If, mm. if I'm chasing to be cool and, okay, what did you look like when you was... Or the, the, the boss that loves his power mm-hmm. at a Staples. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like that guy that wants to be, you know, the, I'm the boss. Right, right, right. All right, who was you when you were? Did you get bullied a lot? Right. You know, did you have abusive parents? Mm. You know? Yeah, did you feel small back then? Right. So now you have to. Feel big. Or that guy at the bar mm. ready to fight. Right, 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 right. What happened when you was. Mm-hmm. You know, at the gym, at school. You yeah, know? you always have to be the tough guy. Okay, right, something right. happened. Mm. You know, so, so that's what that's what because I look at myself that way too. So mm. anyway, that's really cool though. Thank you. Yeah. So, back to you. So, this is our final question, okay. and then we can talk a little bit more about um, the work you do, mm. your vision. But the final, most important question that we have here <laughs> is hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> who am I? <laughs> Hashtag who am I? So, you know, I'm going to ask you, you know, who are you? Mm. Just let us know. Who are you? Uh, I am a child of immigrants. I am an immigrant. I am a person who's extremely compassionate. I'm very loyal. I am a go big or go home type of person that has its perks and its negatives, too. Um, I am the type of person who just wants to love on people as much as I can. Um, people find it hard to believe when I say I don't like someone <laughs> or someone just doesn't mesh with my personality. Um, I am, I love to sing. Singing is a way that God has allowed me to express myself, specifically when I want to worship him. I am talkative. I could talk for hours, but I also love stories. I love hearing other people's stories. I'm one that feels very humbled and honored when someone's willing to share their story. Um, I love providing a space of home. Home is not just a, a building or whatever. It's it's a heart place, and I, and I love that place. And I think certain people in my life hold that for me, and I hold that for them. Um, I am adventurous to an extent. I don't do heights. <laughs> don't ask no. me to do heights. Um, but I do enjoy nature tremendously. I have a fascination with sunlight trees and the blue skies like i'm 12 again um i am silly i love a good laugh i can laugh for hours i love to eat <laughs> i love a good meal um <laughs> i get it from my mama she's a really good cook i'm really grateful for her you know what i'm saying i'm dedicated i'm i i, I love joy um and i just love community um that's where i've grown the best when people have just said it's okay just come here how Christ just welcomed me into his arms too. So that's that's me, Stacy Kimberly Chungan, my whole government. But it's like, it's so funny. When I first came out here, people would ask me like, do you have like an African name? I'm like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> my mom literally is very like Eurocentric. So she gave me a really, really English name. Okay. Yes. Um, but yeah, I'm multilingual. I speak French, it's my first language. I can't read it anymore though, so don't ask me that. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I like I like to just learn new things, try new things, um, but I also like to take my time. I've learned that that's my greatest gift right now in life. So that's, that's awesome. Me. 
Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. No problem. Now, can you sing in French? <clears throat> I feel like if I was to try <laughs> and I remember the lyrics, I could probably do a little something. You yeah. know what I mean? Can't make a promise, though. <laughs> I thought I would try to throw a little, little, little curve That's in there. That's an intense curve, I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right. I, I think so. One thing I, I like, you know, about what you said as far as who you are is um, you like to be a sense of home. Mm-hmm. Did I get that right? Mm-hmm. And home being a hard place. Mm. And I think like what stuck out when you said that was my understanding of Christ this like year mm. where I've been uh, I've done like a study in like the commands mm. of Christ. Mm. And it's like like everything he said was a command. So basically it's a study about everything he's ever said. Right. right? So but it, it was like it was like an understanding I had of them that I never understood by receiving messages and like listening to people speak or preach about Christ. Oh, Christ said this, Mm. you know, like Mm. that's great. But when I read the words and I started to read them over, you know, back to back, Mm. like that meaning behind everything that he was saying was your heart. Mm. It's not that he, you know, let me go talk to the woman on the well just because, Mm -hmm. It's a heart issue. Mm-hmm. He wasn't going to talk to hang out with the Pharisees and them. That's not where they he needed to be. Right. He needed to be amongst the people mm-hmm. to help the heart issue, you know. And that's our issue, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. so for you to be, you know, trying to be a place of, you know, home, you know, for people, that gives me a sense of Christ, you mm-hmm. know. At least that Christ is working through you. Mm-hmm. And using you to be a sense of home to help people's hearts. Mm. You know, that's that's dope. Amen. I never thought about it like that. Amen. That's that's cool. Thank you. <laughs> no doubt. No <laughs> doubt. All right. So, you know, if you you know, this is your time if you want to ask a question or if you just want to talk about, you know, your your min you know, seek minutes okay. I got you. Yeah, please. I got you. Uh, I'm, I got it all <laughs> messed up today. So it is pronounced Seek Ministries. Okay, Seek Ministries. Um, or SK Ministries. Um, and that's like the overall organizational name. But um, right now the programming is SK Mentoring. So Seek men, um, Mentoring. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is something God's been building me for years. And I'm, I'm blessed. I'm going to tell you this right now. Like as much as I'm giving this out to people... It's rewarding to me in ways people don't understand. Um, it's it's helping me really walk into the purpose God has called me to be in. It allows me to talk to youth all the time, which is like my favorite thing to do. Mm. And it also allows me to be myself, be honest about my experiences, realize that what I went through was not for nothing. It was to share with others and let them know they can get through it too. Um, whether they know Christ or not. Um, it's creating that home, that platform for them. Um, and so that's my, my, that's like, I feel at home. I kid you not, I really love what I do. The girls that I work with are amazing spirits, amazing souls who just want to feel at home. Mm-hmm. And I get to create that space for them. And then they get to go into the world and be their very best selves and know that they're okay in being themselves and that they don't need to be anybody else at all. Yeah. Um, so that's 
what I do right now. So if you guys know any young women, ages 16 through 24, who just need a place to talk to, get some sound advice um, about school, about work, about how to navigate friendships, um, or how to figure out, you know, what should I do with my life, send them over to me. They can find me on Instagram at seek underscore mentoring. That's S-E-E-K underscore mentoring. Um, there's a link in the bio. Message me. I'm super friendly. Talk to me. I like to talk to people. So, um, yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, this was awesome. I thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to interview you and to have you on the Follow Them Lead podcast. I'm grateful. Thank you for your time. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, until next time, peace. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to the Follow Them Lead podcast. You can reach us on social media at the email is follow then lead inc at gmail.com, Instagram, follow then lead podcast, and our Twitter is follow then lead p. Until next time, take it easy. Word.